Hello, and welcome to the Actuary of the Future, a podcast powered by Eames Consulting, in which insurance professionals discuss trending topics in the actuarial market. In this episode, we'll be discussing the impact that insurtechs have had on the general insurance market and we'll explore the importance of actuarial judgments. Joining me in this podcast is a panel of analytics experts consisting of Ajay Shah, Head of Predictive Analytics Fellows of London, Anarita Rosino, Group Claims and Insights Leader at Zurich Insurance, Akash Mapara, former Pricing and Underwriting Director and Actuary at Zigo, Christine Minato, Chief Pricing Officer at Policy Expert, and Nirav Shah, Chief Analytics Officer at Tokamarine Highland and Head of Pricing and Analytics at Tokamarine Kiln. To kick us off, we asked Christine what impact Intratex have had in the traditional London market. Yes, yes, it's it's a quite interesting question, and um, in in reality, uh, it's a it's a bigger subject that insurtech and how it's uh, it's working uh, along with the traditional market. I think that uh, by definition, insurtech is here to disrupt that traditional market, isn't it? With the new technologies, with uh, with different innovation, with different ways of, of doing things. So if you want to report a claim, you should be should be doing it for a platform really and have a smart system that can assess how fast uh, and how urgent your your claim is. So this is really the way we're we're going to and, and yes, all these new technologies allow allowing new players to almost disrupt the market like like our good kind of like a company uh, has has done or we want to think that is the case and we are part of InsureTech. Um, I think we are, we are looking into, into the future uh, of insurance being uh, slightly InsureTech, whether we want it or not. And an indication of that is um, the, 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 the money spent on, on InsureTech, um, as reported by Gallagher Re in Q2, uh, was more or less to 2.4 billion uh, US dollars, uh, which is not uh, a small amount. That means that the InsureTech market has already uh, taken that part in, in the traditional uh, London market altogether because it's attracting funding. Uh, so it's 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 here, and uh, I reckon it will stay. Maybe it would slow down slightly, but uh, it's definitely has definitely disrupted the whole market and is here to stay. Akash supports Christine in the view that intertax have disrupted the traditional London market. Yeah, I guess more generically. I mean, insurtechs were trying to disrupt, they were trying to use technology to enable some part of the underwriting process or, or just the insurance process um, in a tech-enabled way. So whether that was distribution, whether it was pricing at the point of underwriting and making benefits and loss ratios um, or anywhere along in the process, be it um, improving claims, um, improving uh, uh, expense ratios with operational efficiency or whether it's on the claim side. Um, I guess there have been players trying to disrupt that across the whole spectrum. Um, probably most significantly we're seeing now, and I think we'll see more in the future, it's actually just the operational process of things. Um, I'd say this is probably because that's where the London market is the most outdated currently. It's where it's got the biggest problem. And so therefore it's easiest to to, to attack, to, 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 to revolutionize. So simply put, I can see the whole London market underwriting process being extremely face-to-face, traditionally you know, almost reliant on paper a lot of the times. That's where I think um, InsurTechs will have the most disruption. Whether it's happened yet, I don't know it's questioned. I know there's a lot of noise and a lot of action in that area. Um, but that's if I had to predict, that's where it's going to be. Nirav agrees with both and adds that the InsurTech have provided 
to be a big influence with regards to the traditional market, being more flexible, agile, and faster paced. So, like, it's been it's been really interesting of like over the last kind of five five or ten years, like insurtechs have like have like come in and like started started shaking things around in 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 the in the like specialty end of the London London market. Um, I still think the dominant players are the the. the the traditional kind of like carriers in the, in the London market, but that's not to say that um, insurtechs haven't 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 made it made an impact. I think like insurtechs coming in and like getting getting carriers in in the London market to like start to think differently, start to think in a more agile manner, right? So like like knowing that they need to respond to market challenges faster you know they can't just kind of sit on things or hope they hope they hope they go away um i think i think it has been has been has been really good um and another aspect is is like you know in short text like have to be brave right like when you're when you're when you're running on on like finite finite capital that's burning down really really fast like you have to be brave you have to make decisions you have to commit to those decisions but then also like sense and feel when perhaps you know the decision you made wasn't wasn't optimal and then pivot um whereas like traditional carriers you know they they've They've had like the, the the reputation, the backing, to be much more stubborn, um, and and like and like you know much more stubborn and like you know behave like these massive like oil tankers that don't need to change change of direction as 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 frequently. Um, in shortex, like what I'm what I'm trying to say there, in shortex, like because because they've 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 had to make decisions, commit to them, pour pour all of their resources into into these these decisions. I think like one thing that like that like we that, that like that like we've we've learned as an as an, an incumbent is to actually like not have to wait until you have all the information before you you make a make a decision because then you probably won't make a decision. So sometimes it's kind of okay to make decisions and like decide on a on a path forward without having all of the information. But then recognizing that like you should have frequent regular check-ins once you've made that decision and then be prepared to prepared to 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 course course correct. So like you know all in all like what I'm what I'm trying to say is that I think in short text like the biggest impact they've had on the on the London market is like teach us how to how to be more well how to be more flexible how to be more agile how to how to move faster um, how to be more more flexible which i think is really really important like the world is changing faster than it 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 ever it ever has before and so if you want to be successful into the future you're going to have to learn how to move fast and Arita raises an interesting point about how relationship with the Lloyd's market will evolve due to the innovative technologies being driven by the insurtechs. The interactions between underwriters, brokers, and clients would be more meaningful and supported by on-hand analytics. So I think the London market, I mean, at least my perception of the London market has been that tradition has always been about relationship. Um, so, so, you know, relationship between um, the underwriters, the, the salespeople, the brokers, you know, with 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 the with the large companies with the clients and and that's still the case that has not changed that is still the case it is about relationship but now i think with insurance tech in particular with the data and and the analytics insurance tech what's happened is that underwriters you know relation sales people relationship manager they are able to have many more tools 
to have more meaningful conversation with the clients, you know, the ability to have in an iPad or in a, in, in a tablet, you know, all of the history, let's say, of claims of your customers and to have these conversations about how perhaps, you know, they could change their risk approach, all happening live, um, it is things that, you know, they, you know, we, we never had before, you know, we had to get some piece of paper and trying to get that information. But now with with all of these techniques and this technology, we are able to have, the, insur- the London market is able to have many more, I would say, you know, informed and meaningful conversation with our customers because we have the tools to be able to do so. And I think, you know, there is, there will always, the relationship will always be key. But now it's like, the, the the AI and insure tech are helping that relationship are not substituting that. They are helping, they are supporting, they are giving you more tools um, to, 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 as we said, have better and more meaningful conversations with the customer and to build, you know, perhaps longer uh, um, terms, you know, relationships. So, so yeah, I think the impact has been really, really great. Um, it's, it's just, it's just shown that um, there is always a space and there will always be a space for um, embracing, you know, artificial intelligence with human intelligence. And this is, you know, the London market is definitely a place where the insurer tech have been able to prove that that is the case. The relationship have not gone away. They've just evolved with the use of the new tools, techniques, um, and and systems. And again, getting back into the data where most of insure tech really have played um, in in the most recent years. NeuroF supports NRH's view that InsurTechs will not only evolve relationships in the market, but will drive the InsurTechs in the digitalization of Lloyd's as well. He also adds that COVID has also accelerated this process too. So, so InsurTech, I think, is just the, the the new buzzword of today in terms of kind of, it's just saying, you know, what the advent of new technologies, it brings change. And InsurTech is that is that thing we're looking at right now. If I think about Lloyd's here, um, you know, traditionally face-to-face business, it would only transact in the underwriting room within EC3. You know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if the business isn't transacted there, it's not really been transacted. COVID came in and has significantly changed the way that happens because actually you weren't allowed to be in the office and therefore we had to transact in different ways. And you can just see, you know, without insure tech and, and that um, facilitating this at Lloyd's, it really has kind of pushed us forward quite a few years in terms of how we can do business. It doesn't mean the market's closed where you don't come into the underwriting rooms anymore. It just means uh, there's, there's an additional way to increase the way and, and the way you do business. So, you know, the, the Lloyd's lab, if you think about that, that's kind of a innovation space where we're looking at, you know, what what can we bring in to help the industry move forward, and that is purely focused, you know, on, on things like insure tech as well to help us. So, I've heard of lots of different things coming out of that, and lots of different projects going on. So things like, um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a company looking at uh, a set of perils. Uh, sorry, a set of risk perils and property property characteristics for any location in the U.S., which can be provided pretty much instantly through through a through a user interface and things like that is going to be really changing the way in which you can do business and look at business and actually think about writing risk. So that's going to be a, a, a big step forward um, if I think about how InsureTech is, is moving the industry along. Um, future at Lloyd's, I mean, if you once thought about, if you think about Lloyd's as you kind of um, think it's more of a, uh, it's an organization which has a lot of history and has could be stuck in the past in some places. But future at Lloyd's is, is looking to change it. You know, we're digitizing most of what we do. 
And what that means is, you know, better, faster, cheaper for everyone in the market in terms of how they do business, how they interact. Not possible without tech. Uh, and, you know, insure tech is therefore the kind of, the, it's, a, it's another big disruptor in the market, which is allowing um, us to really move forward into a marketplace which is changing faster than uh, we could otherwise handle. So uh, a, a, a big disruptor that's coming through, especially in the London market, where Lloyd's itself is driving some of that change in terms of how we operate. Next, we discuss how important actuarial judgment will be in the market, which is becoming ever more focused on process automation. Christine, thoughts on the question? Yes, as 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 I've mentioned before, five years ago in um, in a conference, we had lots of actuaries asking that question: Is is my uh, is my profession at risk? Is my role at risk? Will the automation automation and all those new technologies uh, take away the need? For, for the critical thinking. Um, back, back in the day, I was thinking that that's, uh, that's not a relevant question. Why? Because, because there's not a technique to define techniques. Yes, all those kind of like machine learning techniques that we apply, data mining in general, needs, uh, needs the actuarial judgment. It's important. We are talking about building better systems, not really replacing an actuary with with a system. And maybe an actuary can be replaced after uh, setting up uh, all all the classes and how they should be. If we're, if we're talking about classification, for example, of, of customers or events or predicting weather even, uh, but the judgment is always going to be need, needed. Yeah, you, you first need it for validation. Then that's that's really what I was saying. There's no technique to define techniques. Yes, we're, we're not at that level uh, just exactly. yet. So I think that um, we, we will pass from actually saying an opinion to judging how well um, a system has performed that produces opinions, but still someone needs to program all that. So, Absolutely. yeah. Still going to be very important. Yes. We're not there yet to be replaced by robots. Oh no, so. no, no, no! <laughs> many, many years when we're not, we're not <laughs> robots here in any way. Even if they exist, they would, um, they would accomplish something. Would complete something. They wouldn't think. You, you can't, you can't take away that because there's lots of variables. There's lots of different dimension that could affect something like that. And think, think about the weather. Is there such thing as the perfect system to predict the weather? The weather has been there for years and years and years, but yet to this day uh, we can't predict a, yeah. when the storm will hit us and and at what exact point and at what uh, kind of like uh, strength that the wind will exactly be at that point. So that's that's all I'm saying. Like the the actuaries are are here to to calibrate and are here to judge and always will be at least in the next. I will dare to say twenty years, but. Uh, <laughs> Akash compliments Christine with the view that human judgment is far from being replaced by machines. Yeah, so to answer that, I to understand like the importance of actual judgment in process automation. I think first of all, we need to focus on the process automation part and, and just really be clear about what that is. It's like you're taking a process that is done in part of a business that used to be done by people um, and then automating it. Um, I know that's clear that it's just basically the definition, but I guess underneath that, um, there is always some judgment that's happening as a human being when you're going through a process. So yes, you can have very, very simple processes like copying a file, moving a field, doing something basic like that. Yes, that's going to be absolutely you know, automated in the future. It, should, it could be, and it should be, and it will be. Um, I'd say a lot of the processes, especially in insurance and especially in the actuarial field, 
that still depends on judgment it's still going to be there it's still going to be needed and it's going to be needed for a long time um and the reason for that is because i think it's easy to overestimate the capability of 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 whether it's um, data science techniques or going as far as ai um judgment itself is taking in lots of different factors from around from all sorts of sort of different stimuli different different inputs using them to make a decision and then producing an output and when i think of most actual roles they're so much more complex than what current machines can do and there will be a way to go but i think we're, we're years and years we're so long away from what is almost you know a sci-fi uh, general ai that can actually replace a human being and, and and their judgment um so to that end i think actual judgment you know always has been important it currently still is and it will be for a long time um maybe the other aspect of that is actually actuarial judgment and what it means is going to shift a little bit so where it used to be oh what selection should i make on this reserve or um what, what selection should i make here or how should i build the model in a certain way um instead the judgment needs to flip to being how can i set up the model to make this judgment myself right so rather than saying how do, do i pick selection a b or c instead your judgment needs to be how can i train a model to make that selection a b or c so what am i actually doing in my head to make that judgment um, but there's still going to need to be a judgment made at that point of of creating that of automating that process and Arita discusses in some more depth the importance of human intelligence when it comes to artificial intelligence and process automation. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I think, you know, we've always heard or told about, uh, or been told about the fact, you know, robots will replace us. But um, um, I, I don't see that happening. And 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 I don't see that um I don't see that, um, you know, I don't, I don't see the two things being one against the other. Let's put it like that. So so I think there are times and opportunities for actuarial judgment to be still, the, you know, the number one place to go. And as well as, you know, um, process automations being the place where we need to be. So, so and I mentioned that earlier, I'm a truly believer that actually the success of organizations in the future, and to be fair, today, it is about them embracing human intelligence with artificial intelligence. It's the embracing of the two. It's not when one replaces the other, but when the two walk alongside. Um, and and you know, and if you if you think about the insurance market, it, it's so varied. Um, so you have clearly the mass market. Um, and at that point, yes, can a machine replace a judgment? Well, probably yes, because if you have, you know a lot of data, a lot of exposure, you know, a huge or, or a significant amount of claims, then you can probably understand what's going to happen in the market. You can probably, let's say in pricing, you can probably get a very good idea, you know, what the rates needs to be with a very limited touch from, from an actuary or from an underwriters. So, so, so it could almost like automatically just go through. Um, but of course, that is not the case when you start looking at, you know, more of the commercial space, you know, um, and even at the higher end of um, of SME or the mid market. It's at that point the the actuarial judgment, the um, the the underwriting judgments are still going to play a massive role. Where the data doesn't exist, or it simply is not there, you know, it's just you know because because the power of the data is to be able to find many things which are similar to each other so you can see a pattern. And, and of course, you, you will not be able to find that when you look about big corporations and trying to understand how you, how you price or how you reserve for them. So, 
So for those cases, without a doubt, the actuarial judgments, the underwriting judgments will still be um, the, the, the key um, to decide how, how things are um, priced or, or how risks are assessed um, in general. So, so yes, it is a combination of the two. Um, one doesn't necessarily replace the others in all the fields, but there, there are potential to do so in some of the fields, more of the mass markets. And, and even, even in, and we mentioned it when we talk about the London market, even, even in areas which are more like commercial and, uh, I don't know, mid-market or so, still the um, automation will still have a massive role in supporting, you know, activities which are very manual. You know, when, when an underwriter, for example, needs to write something on a paper, you know, you can have a machine doing that for them. So, so there will still be... A, a place for automation, even in an area where we will still require underwriting or actual judgment. But it's how you combine the two and you create a, a almost like a flawless ecosystem um, where the artificial and the human intelligence coexist um, and they almost talk to each other. That's where I think the, the big you know, success or the, or the, the, the most likely success um, will, uh, will happen. So, so I'm a big fan of the two um, together. Ajay shares a similar sentiment and reinforces how process automation and actuarial judgment should work hand in hand. So, um, actuarial judgments, I think, is is never is never going to go away. So, the the only way you're going to be replacing actuarial judgment is by the advent of AI. We don't have truly any artificial intelligence that's um, as useful as people claim it to be, because you know it, it might do as well as a three-year-old or a two-year-old, but that's kind of that's kind of about it. So, the the way we need to be thinking about this this kind of problem is, you know, everything here is to help us and facilitate. It's just another a, another tool set within the within the whole toolbox that we've got, and say actually this is something which will help you actually make their judgment, make the decision. It means probably better decisions will be made because it's based on better information. It's also going to be faster decisions just because we're going to be doing things with the processing speeds in the cloud and so on that we're not used to in the past. But the actuary is still going to be required. Like if you think about the last few years where we've had COVID impact, I'm not sure your machine learning models and all the rest of it will be able to come up with a solution without some overall thoughts of actually it's not in my historical data. What do I do about this? It needs additional judgment to think actually, you know, how long is this going to last? When do you think we're going to come out of it? Will things go back to how they were in the past? The actuary is not going to be removed from that from that at all. And it's about using what's in the toolkit to make better decisions rather than shying away from it and just doing what you've done in the past. So uh, I, I think the actuary's job is pretty safe for now. The relationship between actuarial judgment and technology was recently the topic of conversation with the nearest team. So this is like this is actually a really good question, and it's one that like we were talking about at TMK last week um, mm. because we were like like we were talking to the wider actuarial team. I mean, Johnny was actually talking to the uh, uh, actuarial team about like um, this this like this like app that he's that he's building that's 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 going to automate the actuarial technical pricing process for like one of our biggest pricing models. Um, and 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 like this 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 was a challenge that was thrown up by by some of the other actuaries. Um, like. I think I think like it's a it's a it's a trade-off, right? So um like actuarial judgment um is like in my mind is almost kind of like is is almost like a, a 
analogous to to like subject matter expertise and like and like kind of you know commercial subject subject applied judgment to to this to this like um, analysis that you're that you're that you're carrying out and like obviously it's kind of really really valuable right because you are you are applying a significant amount of like subject matter expertise to this to this problem but because it's because it's 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 manual the amount of problems you can solve when you when you use like the the like the like human being method is is going to be limited i think you then you then need to like trade that off with like pro, with, with like process or automation where like theory you'll be able to solve many many more problems and create value through solving many 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 more problems but then you then have to like maybe sacrifice this like subject matter expertise and so it's that it's that seesaw and like balancing balancing that 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 seesaw right i think process automation allows us to like really scale our 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 analysis and so that's that creates value in its in its own right, but like you don't have the the like human being applying their their subject matter expertise, and maybe that's like that's like value value destruction almost. And so that balance the the two off. Um, and I think like there are many many trivial problems where we apply actuarial judgment that should be automated, and we should be pretty relaxed about them being them being automated there are some you know there are going to be some very very complex problems that cannot be automated away and should be automated and and so there is there is a finite amount of value that process automation can bring can bring to those problems i think i think like this is this is like you could you could quite easily easily replace this 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 question with like you know how how like 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 how much of a footprint do you think self-driving cars will have in ten years' time, right? And so, like, do you do you trust like software to like to like take you to your parents' house or to your friend's house or to drive or to drive you back from the pub, or do you want a human being that's going to be that like have their eyes open and stop at the traffic lights and like not not run anyone over and not collide? That's all we've got time for on today's episode. Our thanks to all participants. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do like, subscribe and share with your network. Our next episode will be very useful for anyone looking for career advice from the panel.